0: to the out of the box podcast. We are back briefly before we descend into the week from hell schedule wise. so many games, so much to cover, not enough clothes. We're gonna do what we can. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury Tom are you packed for the next week? <laughs> not
1: yet okay but we'll we'll get to it quickly. a home game, a game in Birmingham. And then a game way out in Austin, Texas.
0: Way out, but we're flying, right? No, you would think, but uh, no. Oh, no. We are getting in that rental car, yes. firing up the crime junkie. Thank you, Tuscaloosa Ford. Yes, and we are going to drive to Austin mm-hmm. and make it this yes, time. Yes, No uh,
1: generational blizzard
0: that I'm aware of. I have asked Amanda Scarborough, and it does not appear like, we're going to be sub-30, temperature-wise, this week. Good. Yes. The, the other thing that I think we
1: forget is that because of the restrictions still at the time, not only was
0: it going to be that cold. Oh, I forgot about this. We were
1: going to be outside yeah, in that cold, which would have put the Mardi Gras Mambo 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 to shame, mm. I think. With the frigidness. Can you imagine? No.
0: <laughs> it was the
1: rise ball. At least we were prepared because we knew it was going to be that cold. We had the heavy duty oh, yes. jackets and stuff. I remember,
0: ready. now I'm remembering why, but I remember having a conversation with Amanda about using her heated blankets because she had some stuff and she was going to bring them for us. Yes. And I had forgotten as to why. And now I recall because right. we were going to be outside. Right. But not this time. know nope.
1: I, I think we're going to be allowed in. Indoors. Yes.
0: I've been told, actually, we would share a room with the Texas radio crew as well. So, hmm. Longhorns, enjoy the GoPro if Alabama <laughs> wins. Oh, boy. That's going to that's gonna go. We may want to be outside.
1: We'll Maybe. see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll figure
0: it out when we get there. Yes.
1: Never it, been, so we be Never fine. been.
0: We're going to learn a lot about Austin, Texas this week, and we're going to learn a lot about a lot of people this week because conference play has begun. But before we get into what's coming up, we're going to talk about what has just happened, This is a truncated episode segment wise time TPD, out of the box podcast at out of the box underscore pod on Twitter. Here is your shorter trip around the bases. Mm -hmm. We'll start at the plate. Crimson classic boy. The pitching was good. What the heck is up ahead? We'll look at the week. And then also the RPI is out, and we'll take a glance at the first numbers and what that means for Alabama, for the SEC, and just from a national standpoint, we'll also do FGCL Player of the Week. Then we'll be in the gap, which is where we have hit the ball, and we'll talk with Kayla Bro from ESPN. She put it in the gap a few times. Many times, except as she will point out, she usually didn't stop at second. No. We have to. We have to, right. Yeah, Yeah, I I wish but no <laughs> the ball bounced over the fence
1: like uh like it did for Kinley this week
0: that's exactly right All
1: right yes would have been a triple easily but ground
0: rolled up. inside the park home run question po- mark? yeah possible maybe and then finally we will head home five big things from the SEC in week four you know we, we're not going to cover the whole league just the big five things what's coming up in week five and then we've got SEC picks wow picks mm, it's time unbelievable it's already time also off the wall because how why why do things keep happening who I'm going to finally dive into the email the email that Mm. I send in the group chat a lot Mm. and then we're going to address the random Twitter controversy that has popped up and just whatever is happening why can't people just enjoy things on the top that's rocky yeah i don't understand it imagine not being able to grow corn Got <laughs> <laughs> gotcha <man. What>? <laughs> anyway <laughs> the crimson classic let's look back at that that was fun i enjoyed it yeah i've written here in all caps pitching 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 Uh, Tom, the pitching pretty strong. We saw a shutout from Montana Fouts on Wednesday against Southern Miss. And then over the weekend, we saw complete game victories from Lauren Essman and Alex Salter. And Lauren got it started. And then the other pitchers were like, we can beat that. And then (laughs) Jayla Torrance, those are no hitter. And then Montana's like, hold my glove perfect game. Just <laughs> hold, just hold my crown yeah, as the people's
1: queen. All in
0: all, in the circle, really exactly what you want to see from
1: this team. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you were playing teams that you were overmatched, or you were overmatching. So um, to be able to go out and play to the standard, not to the opponent, I think was really, really important for this team to do, and they were able to do so this past weekend. Montana threw a perfect game, and it was effortless. I mean, it was, yeah. was, was like, did she even need to take a shower afterwards? Because did she break a sweat? I mean, it was just an absolute dominating performance against a team that has had success against elite pitching this year. They beat Florida State this season. So, this is a. They had 12
0: hits in that game.
1: Right. So, this is a good team, a good offense in Longwood. And Montana Fouls just absolutely made them look silly uh, for six innings. And, you know, it ended early because of the run rule. Uh, I think we could have played eight more, nine nine more innings, and they weren't touching Montana.
0: And as Kaylee Tao talked about uh, on our TV broadcast, she was doing it with two pitches. It was rise and curve. Her down stuff really didn't get many chases, and she really didn't use it very much to get swings and misses or, or even strikeouts looking. She threw a couple change-ups in the perfect game, which was the second time Longwood had seen her. Yeah, And then Lance McMahon sees that they haven't adjusted to the curve and the rise, and so... All right, we go back to that. So really, to do it without even needing some other weapons was
1: very impressive. It really was. Um, so I was really happy to see her do that. And like you said, the second time against the same team, and that's something that Coach Murphy's done the last few weeks with Montana, of uh, throwing her out there against the same team a second day in a row not only to see what adjustments the opponent makes against her, but what adjustments that she and Coach McMahon are going to make against the same team. Right. Uh, which it'll be interesting to see what, what that means for SEC play or even this weekend when Alabama plays Texas twice. Um, I, I was I was really, really impressed with what she was able to do. I thought the – speaking of Coach McMahon, I thought the no-hitter that Jayla threw uh, was one of the best called games. That, you know That I've seen him do because he – Was pit he was calling game calling the pitches to Jayla's strengths and using the opponent's weaknesses against them. I I think it it was it was really well done. Same thing with Lauren Esmond game. I I was really impressed with with Coach McMahon for the whole weekend as well.
0: Yeah, I I think it is clear that that chemistry is fully tabulated. You know, and, and now Lance knows how to call these games for these pitchers because there is a learning curve. And if you were watching this weekend, you heard our interview with Coach Murphy, where he talked about how this week there was a sit down with Lance and all the pitchers and then the pitchers had a heart to heart and whatever was said in that meeting, it's not really for us to know. I don't know if we'll ever find out. Doesn't matter. It worked. And I think everybody raised their level this weekend in particular. I want to make sure that we shout out Alex Salter last week i i basically said i don't know what that was this week a completely different pitcher in the circle she looked much more confident much more in command the mistakes were much fewer and far between in the relief appearance against southern miss and the complete game victory against mercer and i think for her confidence that was huge and as we've talked about often you know offenses are so good now you're going to need a staff Alabama with just four pitchers has a smaller staff than most teams in the Southeastern conference. So everybody is going to have a chance to make an impact this year and will be needed at some point. And I think it was really important for Alex Salter to have the performance this past week that she did to prove that she can be and will be a viable option for Patrick Murphy at some point going forward, because basically from now until the end of the year, Every weekend, we're seeing a really, really, really good team, right. and everybody is going to have to be ready just in case their number is called. Yeah, and uh, same thing with
1: Lauren Esman, who had a you know the complete game victory on day number one against Robert Morris, nine strikeouts, and uh, something that Coach Murphy has pointed out in our pregame interview as well is that you know she outside of the you know the summers when she came down to the FTCL, you know she hasn't. Pitched. She has. She, you know. She never really got the opportunity at Michigan. Hasn't really had the chance to work uh, with a pitching coach. You know. It's almost as though she's a freshman that that is pitching, as hopefully maybe the number two at Alabama or at least a a number two option. Yeah. You know. Behind Montana Fouts. So um. You know. The fact that she was able to have such a good performance, uh, backing up what she's done in you know in a couple of weeks before. Uh, I, I think you're you're feeling a lot better about her and then you know Jayla just you know throwing her first career no-hitter and to have the confidence that she had in that performance I was really really excited for her
0: Her curve looked so good in that game but again I go back to what we were talking about last week you know we were talking about the struggle sure but one of the comments that I made was Jayla just looks so much better even when she has a struggle inning she doesn't look like she's panicking and there is a different demeanor about her when she's in the circle this year. And I think that once all of the tools are fine-tuned, and I think we're getting closer to that, if she can keep that demeanor when she's pitching, she is going to be somebody that Alabama can rely on in big moments, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: I think this kind of goes along, and, and I think it's a transition to the hitting performance for Alabama as well this weekend, is that we have seen, you know, so far this year, in the small sample size a little bit of a tendency for alabama to play to the competition one way or the other you know played a little bit down uh, obviously got up and played really well in Clearwater water against some really good competition uh but has had the the puzzling losses but this week they played to the alabama standard yeah like they they it didn't matter who the opponent was they came out and and executed uh really well I mean, you know there was offensively there's a few innings but that happens but overall uh, i thought they they hit pitched played defense like it didn't matter who the opponent was they were kind of get them out there and show that they were alabama and i thought they did a great job
0: and as we go to the offense i think we saw just another testament to the adjustments that this offense continues to make by the beginnings that we would see the second time through the order and we saw some big innings early against pitchers i i think again you know, they're doing a great job of putting together a plan. If the plan works and they stick with that plan, if it doesn't, then they make adjustments. And we continue to have evidence of that here this year that just further makes the Kennesaw State game look like a complete outlier and still very confusing. Sure. Yeah. But offensively this weekend, you know, for the big stars, I thought, Kenley Cahalen again, you know, five for fourteen in the Crimson Classic, that's like a Quote unquote bad average right. for her, yeah, and still really good. Six RBIs as the leadoff is impressive, a couple walks as well. Prangy, three home runs, seven RBIs in the event, six runs scored. Bailey Dowling looks, I mean, as good as she's looked in a very long time, in my opinion. Six RBIs, a homer, a double, had the big home run coming off the bench in the one game where she came in to pinch hit, and typically that's really hard to do. And right. she got a three-run blast fairly quickly in her at-bat. And I actually asked
1: Coach Murphy about that uh, in the pregame on Sunday. And he said that he asked her, when was the last time you had a pinch-hit home run? And she's like, I've never pinch-hit. That's, that's, not, that's not what she does because she's usually the starter. Uh, so, you know, that is, it, I think it does is a testament to these players that, you know, if you're an everyday starter but you get a game off – that they're staying in the game yes you know they're kind of going one you're going through what a role player for lack of a better term you know does every day you know in in the in the dugout supporting maybe called on for one time in the fifth inning what are you going to be able to do uh and then you know for her to do that and then to hit the first pinch hit home run for alabama since the kj Handy grand slam against oh south carolina
0: how could I forget?
1: Yes, that was it was it was really cool to see, and uh, it was uh, it was big for Alabama just to go ahead when they had those opportunities to finish off run rules. go ahead and do it.
0: An update of where the team is in the SEC stats. Team batting average 326, that is 7th. I will point out there is not a huge differential between 4th and 7th right now. And one game could see a a giant shift there, so that's kind of clumped up at the middle. And when you look at Alabama having currently the highest rated strength of schedule in the SEC, uh, you'll take it. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, highest rated of the teams in the conference, Alabama, strength of schedule. I was told we didn't play nobody. Oh, just wait. Mm-hmm. Home runs fourth right now, T4 with 25. and Not bad. It's been a, it's been a minute since Alabama's been in that position going into conference play. Because we, uh, we've talked about it the last few years that uh, Alabama's had
1: better stats probably in conference and out of conference, especially hitting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to be have 25 home runs be, before we hit into conference play and with one more non-conference weekend to go, I, I think that bodes really, really well.
0: Team ERA of one nine eight. I think that's going to continue to shrink. Yeah, it's currently eighth in the league, uh, and there has been a lot of movement on that list uh, that we will get to in just a little bit. And then the fielding percentage is one that just isn't going up. I mean, there's an error here, an error there. After that really really bad defensive week at the Bama Bash, currently a nine six nine, which is eleventh. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the
1: the ERA stat. Yeah, you know, you had a bad week, and then you're it's so hard to climb yourself out of that hole
0: I mean the positive though is we saw errors this week by Alabama and clearly since they did not give up a run it did not hurt them exactly right yeah that's you know and that's going to happen you know the pitcher's going
1: to have to get it you know help help their defense out the defense helps out the pitchers a lot more often than the other way around a few errors but they what they didn't come in clumps like they did in the, the 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 Bama bash the the thing that was so disconcerting is that it seemed like You had an inning where you'd have like two or three errors at one time or on the same play. These just, you know, a couple, you know, run the mill errors that happen.
0: Play here, play there, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I asked for well-executed clean softball this weekend, and we got it. Yeah. And now we look ahead. Oh, boy. Mm. All right. Tuesday, Western Michigan is here. The Broncos. First ever meeting. Yeah. Uh, Really? I'm shocked. (laughs) Wednesday, we go to UAB. Then Thursday, we get in the car. Yep. Go to Texas. Yeah. Friday, we play the Longhorns at 4 o'clock Central. When do we eat barbecue and tacos? Oh, don't worry. I have a whole support staff itinerary at the ready. Thank you to Cooper Barnes, by the way. Saturday, Texas State, a very good Bobcats team. 12.30 p.m. Central Time. Jessica Mullins, a really good pitcher. That is one Alabama cannot take lightly. And then the nightcap at Texas on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Sunday... Get out your coffee. We mm. play Wisconsin at 9:30 a.m. Is there a Starbucks around the hotel? I hope to god because otherwise I'm going to be in such a bad mood on the on the broadcast. Or or a Wawas or a Bucky's or something. I mean, I 9:30 is when I typically like to awaken mm. after a long night of statting. But this is not that. Yeah. And it is a concern a little bit because the last home tournament Texas had this past weekend, they were like three hours late. So if, if that is the case, yikes, we could have an unruly turnaround from Saturday to
1: Sunday. That's the other thing about this past weekend, amazingly stayed on time on Sunday. That was, I mean. Don't know ga- how we did it. The games ended literally right on the minute to, be, to stay on time for, for both games. <laughs> So all three games happened when they were supposed to happen. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen.
0: Shout out to all of the yes. directors at Rhodes. Congratulations, David Nader, and everybody involved. Yes, well done. All right. Anything for this week lineups pitching? I mean, I think right now, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have thought we would see, you know, Fouts somebody else for the two Texas games. Now I think it's going to be Fouts. Fouts. I'm thinking that too.
1: Although I mean, it's you don't play Texas. Back to back. There's a game that Texas State comes in between. Uh, but, you know, from what we've seen the last couple of weeks with Patrick Murphy pitching Montana Fouls against the same team back to back days, I would not be shocked. Like like you said, if if we see Montana for the two Texas games. And then uh, but with what we saw this past weekend, I feel a whole lot better about any of the other three in the other two games.
0: Absolutely. Wisconsin is an interesting opponent because they were just like mowed down opening weekend no hit shut out not doing diddly squat now they're starting to win some games so this is a wisconsin team that is certainly playing better had we played them two weeks ago that would be you know, with, we're about to talk RPI. That would be like a top 140 win. Now Wisconsin's sitting at a very respectable 75, yeah. and they'll just get better and better. So that is not a game to take lightly at all, especially considering the time as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right. So, you know, Alabama's going to have to, you know, make their own energy in, the, in that morning as well, because I doubt there'll be a lot of people there. It's just going to be, you know, one of those early early day games that uh, you got to you gotta provide your own motivation
0: um for I'm, all of us including I'm, us in the booth i'm imagining the amount of coffee i hope they have creamer at this press box because if i have to drink black coffee oh uh, we'll, well i'm creamer. gonna just be yeah. Yeah. the one two, you know <laughs> all right uh lineups eh, i don't know i mean i think we're just going to continue to see a cycling of the outfielders honestly I, right. I don't know if anybody besides maybe larissa pruitt has really separated herself to be a locked-in starter in yeah. the outfield for the next week
1: yeah no, nobody you know positively or negatively has separated themselves i think it's a situation where everybody's playing you know jordan stevens i, I think is has played well given her yeah. opportunities
0: everybody is doing good
1: yeah jenna johnson you know has struggled probably not the batting average she wants right now but, you know, got the home run this past weekend. The hits she gets right.
0: are driving uh, in a lot of runs.
1: And she's hitting the ball hard even when she's getting out. So, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't really concerned about Jenna Johnson uh, after what we saw this past weekend. So I'm good with pretty much any of the six six to seven outfielders that Alabama has uh, starting at any time. So I think it's a really good opportunity for Patrick Murphy to do some mix and matching based on, uh, on the opponent and what you're expecting to see in the circle.
0: And the Tide is trying to raise their RPI yes folks it's here it's official oh baby the rpi has been released and i have begun bracket no i haven't i hope not we wait until april and then we start Mm. the 20 page packet Mm. the top 10 are you ready will alabama make the playoffs yes okay i can i yeah right now they are in the ncaa tournament thank you very much fairly confident good to know Remember, this is a formula that is incomplete. It will not be complete until the season is over, but we love to make rash judgments anyway. And I think actually it's pretty fair. Uh, The top 10, number one is UCLA, two is Oklahoma, three Stanford, four Oklahoma State, five LSU, six Alabama, seven Arkansas, eight Duke, nine Florida State, and 10 Tennessee. So... Obviously, when you're considering the Crimson Tide, what jumps off the page here? Well, that's two RPI top ten wins that the Tide picked up in Clearwater.
1: Right, and the and a loss to the number one team. Right, by by two. So I think Alabama is in really good shape uh, to be in that area before conference play,
0: considering you know you had a couple of bad losses. And then the SEC right below that. Florida 19, Kentucky 23, Georgia 24, A&M 25, Auburn 30, South Carolina 35, Ole Miss 39, Missouri 47, and Mississippi State 71. There's a couple uh, teams that are a little lower than what – I thought know, Auburn would thought. be higher.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I know they haven't played anybody, but, I mean, 30, you know, their win percentage is factored in to the formula. Right. Um, but they really haven't played. That's true like that it's not like they just kind of haven't played anybody they really haven't played anybody and you can see the lower sos teams are getting quote-unquote hammered here in this in this list now
1: that'll all pick up once we get into conference play so i I I think if you're a fan of one of these teams that has a low strength of schedule right now i wouldn't fret too much about it right but just just kind of you know the starting off point
0: yeah i mean even mississippi state you know they're plus 200 in sos That will change considering the two upcoming games this weekend against Oklahoma. Right. And Auburn plays Oklahoma at some point this year. Right. So there's, I mean, there's,
1: there's going to be chances, not just in conference, but out of conference where some of these teams that haven't played people yet
0: will play some. Finally, Alabama opponents. What sticks out, Tom? Uh, Glad to see that the Mountain Hawks of Lehigh are sitting right there at a very respectable 60. Stay there. Keep on winning. Please. Go Mountain Hawks. I mean you know the patriot league is going to pull them down just sure. a bit but if they can stay better than 80 yeah it's pretty good i mean that you know it's not a it's not a very good loss but yeah. you want it to not be a bad loss yeah. and when i think i don't know if the committee does it this way but when i mark down bad losses it's 101 or worse in the rpi and if lehigh can avoid that mm. that'd be great cuz alabama's already got one of those right and unfortunately, yeah, because
1: unfortunately, Kennesaw State sits at one sixty three. That's bad. Um, yeah. Now, I don't think their league is as as bad as the Patriot League, so it's not going to pull them down just automatically from that. Uh, so, but they're going to have to, you know, get some good, get some wins.
0: Yeah. To move up. And then this weekend: Texas twelve, Texas State thirty four, Wisconsin seventy five, UAB is one ten, Western Michigan is one forty six, Longwood yeah. seventy seven. I was told they. Yeah. Basically, don't exist. (laughs) Shouldn't even field a team. Finally, before we go to the gap, put it in the gap, it's Mm. time for the FGCL Player of the Week. Okay. Tough choice this week. Yes. Is it? I don't know. We'll see. All right. Here we go. Our nominees. Cat Rodriguez, Pittsburgh, 3 for 8 with an RBI, a triple, and a strikeout against Moorhead. Hit the game-tying RBI triple as a pinch hitter in the 7th to force extras. A game that Pitt would win. Happy birthday to this girl, Alex tarocco It is her birthday today as we record. Rocco, I'll be sending you Oreos when we get to OKC. Alex DiRocco from Oklahoma. Five innings, no hits, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, and five strikeouts. Yes, folks, that is a no-hitter, but it was against the University of Kentucky. Ooh! Well, none of yeah. them. Yeah. None of them got a hit. Unfortunately not. No. No hits or walks. Was it a perfect game? Or no, was there, there was a hit by pitch. Ah, yeah. yes. Mm. What magnet pulled that in? What are you uh, doing, Storako? Come on, Alex. Don't don't hit the batter. Next, Kylie Sand from Rutgers, a perennial nominee at this point. Nine for 15, three RBIs, a double, two walks, and ten runs scored. I just want to say nine for fifteen on the week. The final game of the weekend, she went one for five. So going into that, she was eight for ten. <laughs> Pretty good. That's dumb. Caitlin Cooper, Louisiana Tech, 5 for 10, 6 RBIs, 2 home runs, a double, a walk, 2 strikeouts, and 3 runs scored. From the University of Alabama, Lauren Essman. Yeah. A complete game victory, 7 innings, 4 hits, no runs, 2 walks, and 9 strikeouts, a career high. And at the plate, 2 for 4 with 2 RBIs, a strikeout, and a run scored. So great job, Lowe, the yes. first wrap from Alabama. We have two members of the Thundering Herd here. Bub Faringa from Marshall, 9 for 18, 8 RBIs, a homer, 2 doubles, a strikeout, and 3 runs scored, and then appeared in the circle for the first time, I think, this year. I'd have to double-check, but I haven't written down any pitching stats for her. 3 and 2 thirds, no hits, no runs, 1 walk, and 2 strikeouts. Did she pitch at the FGCO? She did. Okay, a little bit. Her, not yeah, a ton. She's mostly a hitter, right? Yeah. Now. And finally, producer Grace. Grace ah! Chellman from Marshall. 7-14, of 7 RBIs, a homer, a triple, two doubles, a strikeout, and four runs scored. Also, an honorary mention to Stetson's Lauren Hobbs. Hobbsy is not eligible for this award because she didn't play in the FGCL last year, but she's been in it before. For the Stetson Hatters, two wins in the circle against SEC teams, including one over a nationally ranked Georgia Bulldog squad in Athens, where it is very tough to win and to shut down that offense. Attaway Lauren.
1: Lifetime Achievement Award for, for Lauren Hoffman.
0: Well done. Yes. Okay, we know the deal. Pick okay. the two finalists.
1: Well, we will go with uh, Nicole Kidman, Alex we will be, will be the first one, no hitter, against uh, an SEC team. Very impressive. Uh, I'm glad that Lauren got a nomination. I
0: can't pick her as one of the top two, though. i are going to have to go with Bub. Bub! Bub! Bubby! All right. So last week, we went with Taylor Minnick of Indiana and I said something along the lines of I feel fairly confident at some point Alex Scirocco is going to win this award so we'll give it to her another week this is that week this is that time yes. congratulations <laughs> to Alex Scirocco consider it your birthday present mm-hmm. yes being mentioned on a podcast that it's all of your
1: fans hate that's she's, what she's always wanted <laughs> to be recognized by people that Oklahoma fans want to attack <laughs> there we go who yeah. are we let's put it in play uh, Let's see. For this week, if, if we're putting in the gap, I think we got to be Allie Shipman. Just going full Madison. That's <laughs> what she does. Yes. Gap to gap hitter. First first triple at the University of Alabama. Not her first career triple, but her first one at Alabama.
0: Yes. This We've seen it all. Inside yes. The park home run, triple, all the doubles. We are Allie Shipman. We're just a Shipman, period. And we're putting in the gap. And we're going to talk with one of Maddie Shipman's best friends. When we return, Kayla Bro will be here. Our dear friend. Right. And we will ask her, what's good, bro? Yeah, and I might wear a hat. Who's to say? That's next here on the Out of the Box Podcast. (laughs) Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. With the new format, we have now hit it in the gap, and we're going to second base, Tom. I like it. Yes. We're showing our speed, which is something Mm. that was not lacking for our guest here this week. Of course, she is the All-American. From Alabama, she's on the wall. She works at ESPN. She's on the Seven Innings podcast. It's Caleb Bro. Bro, how are you?
2: I'm good, and I would have been on third if I had it in the gap. So just <laughs> making sure you guys know that.
0: That's true. We had <laughs> like like
1: Ali Shipman. She did this right. last weekend. <laughs> Put it in the gap, standing on third. Exactly,
0: <laughs> Allie Shipman, Caleb bro Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Equally speedy. <laughs> that catcher
2: speed. That catcher speed. Everyone. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, Bro, we're going to dive into SEC play in just a bit. Everything is getting rolling. We've got some Pac-12 questions as well that we want to discuss, but we have to start with Oklahoma because they continue to look like the best team in the country. I think we would all agree right now they're our number one team in America, but how big do you think the gap is right now from the Sooners to everybody else right behind them?
2: Well, I think what's interesting for me is if you would have asked me the weekend after Baylor, I would have been like, oh, you know what? The gap's actually shrinking since last season. I feel like teams are closer. I think this might be an OU team, maybe isn't as good this season. And then they go beat the brakes off of UCLA. They pound Kentucky this weekend. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a mile wide gap. Like it's crazy how fast that happened. And I talked about this last week on the seven innings podcast. Man, they just it's like waking a sleeping giant. You get them fired up, you get them ready to go, and you kind of piss them off a little bit, and then all of a sudden they are the best team in the land without without question again. So that's what's hard is um you just look at this OU team and top to bottom, one through nine, one through ten, eleven, how many ever hitters that they rotate through that lineup, they just have elite talent that other teams don't have, unfortunately, right now. So that's where the gap comes in. I just look at the quality of their hitters first and foremost, and I'm like, nobody has an, an eight, nine-hole hitter that could probably hit in the leadoff or two, three spot and be as productive on any other team. They just, nobody has the depth like that. So I think that's what stands out to me about the Sooners, and there's a hundred other things that you could say about them, but I think they, they just have really, really good, strong, big athletes that have perfect timing at the plate, that understand the mentality that it takes to be a winning program and they thrive on that mentality.
0: Did we undervalue what missing Kenzie Hansen meant the first two weeks? Because yes, the loss, you know, could be what's motivating this offense to be absolutely unstoppable. But also since Hansen's come back, she has been just a force at the plate.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point. You know, Without Kinzie Hansen and Sid Sanders isn't producing the way that they thought that she would and how she produced last year at Arizona State. So I think you kind of did have that light bulb moment like, oh, this is what Kenzie Hansen meant to that team, that middle of the lineup, pure power hitter. I mean, the girl like she looks like a woman amongst girls. Sometimes when I watch Kinsey Hansen play, she's just built. She's so strong. It looks easy, and she's just a gamer. So I think for Kinzie Hansen, to be, I personally really, really enjoy watching her hit. I think she's got a great swing. I mean, they all do, but I really enjoy watching Kinsey Hansen attack the ball. So I think that's a really fantastic point. Like, she does matter to this lineup a lot. And I think she gives them, like, that confidence, too, not only behind the plate, but in the box.
1: We've had, like, the our overall thinking kind of change from week to week. And as we go out west, taking a look at what's going on in the Pac-12 – that's been the, the case as well, because for the first couple of weeks we were talking about UCLA maybe being number one, even if Oklahoma didn't lose because of how UCLA was playing. Uh, and then Stanford, who a lot of people had in the preseason as a possible contender against UCLA in the Pac-12, struggled in the first week, but then comes out to Athens and beats Georgia twice. Uh, so they're, you know, getting back to what they thought people thought they were going to be. Do you think Stanford can be a team that can challenge UCLA?
2: Before Nigeria Kennedy, I would have said no, but after how well she's been pitching this season and how they went into Athens and shut down a really potent offense for Georgia, I think that they're going to give UCLA a run for their money. I think too, like there's an interesting mentality when you go watch somebody like UCLA get beat 14 to nothing against Oklahoma, like, oh, they're beatable. They don't seem like this uh, untouchable team that you're not going to be able to play against or hang with. And I think that kind of goes away after you see teams like Alabama, Alabama battled with UCLA, like at the Clearwater tournament, you know, they weren't invincible. OU sometimes looks invincible. UCLA doesn't. So for Stanford, I think they absolutely could really challenge UCLA and it starts in the circle for them. Elena Vatter obviously is their ace, but then you add Kay Kennedy and all of a sudden they are one of the best pitching staffs in the country. So um, for sure. And then I think interesting, I'm really looking forward to this PAC 12 weekend starting because another team that kind of is sitting on the, you know, outside of my radar is Arizona state because offensively they're doing really, really well the season they haven't played anybody yet they haven't had like a really strong schedule yet but they've also taken care of business and beat the teams that they should for the most part and Jordan Van-, Van Hook for them leads the country with 13 home runs girl can hit so and then you add um, Yanni Acuna who's got seven home runs which is second in the Pac-12 I mean they could they could challenge some teams and they're gonna go play Arizona I think it's gonna be a really great test opening weekend a Pac-12 play.
0: You just mentioned Arizona State, so this can't be your answer for this question, but let's go broad. What team out there should we be talking about more? Who are we forgetting about right now?
2: I think the Oregon Ducks actually should be talked about more. I think what they did... Um a couple weekends ago at the Mary Nutter was really impressive. Um, I think Stevie Hanson is a pitcher that probably got overlooked, but she's made big time improvements from last year to this year in terms of her ERA and how well she's doing. She's pounding the strike zone a little bit more. So I think an Oregon team with Ali Bunker leading the way offensively, a Tara McAllen, like they could be a team that could swing towards the upper tier of the Pac-12 and a, a team to watch and somebody that could sneak up on you.
1: SEC play starts this week, but there are two major non-conference events happening as well, and we talk about what's going on in Austin this weekend. Alabama traveling out there as part of the Bevo Invitational, taking on Texas, Texas State, and Wisconsin. Alabama also has two midweek games this week with Western Michigan and UAB before heading out to Austin. It's an incredibly busy week in the, quote, Help! Bye, Help! Yes, <laughs> in the, quote, bye week for Alabama uh, before they get into conference play. Uh, but what do you want to see from Alabama this weekend, uh, considering the fact that pitching was just outstanding this past weekend in the Crimson Classic?
2: Yeah, well, I hope pitchers in this Alabama staff, somebody like a Lauren Essman, like a Jayla Torrance, feels that confidence. I know that they didn't go play like the top-tier teams in the country this past weekend, but sometimes when you play opponents that you know you should handle business against and you should take care of that business – it's sometimes it's good to clean up your repertoire of pitches, right? To really, really tone, like zone in on fixing your spin, your location, Honing in on the accuracy points, fixing anything that you might need to fix before you go play a really tough week against teams like Texas that are going to have stronger offenses. So I think it's an opportunity for this pitching staff to really build off of the performance from last week and know that you're not going to go have a 0.0 ERA in Austin most likely, but that you're going to be able to get yourself out of jams that you're going to be able to trust your pitches a little bit more, and then you're going to let your offense do their job so um, and that's where I see this as a big opportunity in Austin for this Alabama team. And what I'm looking for is I want the offense to step up, like the pitching staff, they have been the quote unquote, more like area to struggle this season. If you want to say that they've struggled, I don't know if you can or not, but, um, uh, they're young, they're inexperienced. So struggle is, uh, for an Alabama fan might be different than <laughs> that's inside the right. arena. Right. Um, but I just look to the offense to give the pitchers confidence and breathing room and space. I want to see Allie Shipman and Ashley Praney take over that leadership and really crank up the RBI production. Kenley Kahalen in the leadoff spot and doing her job, getting on base. Um, And then getting some production from the bottom of the lineup. And again, I want to see veterans like Jenna Johnson do what they're supposed to do quality ABs, but then also like a Kristen white. Like I hope that kid like takes the opportunity that she's getting playing in the lineup and runs with it because she can be so dynamic if she gets on base and uses that speed. So that's what I'm looking for for Alabama this weekend.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of obviously tough games when you when you drop a game to Kennesaw that you're not supposed to, do to Lehigh that you're not supposed to. But uh, overall, I think that offense really has been there. We've seen you know really good RBI totals for everyone in the top four or five on, in this lineup. Uh, but what do you think is the the next step for this Crimson Tide offense?
2: Yeah, I think the next step would probably, um, you know, I watch and sometimes like it's eliminating things like lazy fly balls for me. Like I I, I could see that as a big time improvement, trying to pepper the ball hardline drives more. Um, you know, Bailey Dowling is somebody that can do so much damage in the middle of that lineup. And I love her home run numbers. If she could get uh, a couple home runs a weekend or a one to two home runs a week, whatever it is um, to help them. I think that would go such a long way. Um, but the power numbers, I think, can improve that gap to gap power um would be awesome to see a little bit more of from Alabama and I know that's something that they're working hard on and really trying to clear out like the mental side of it and the challenges and to almost let yourself fail and know that hey I'm going to swing out my shoes and it's okay if I fail but I'm also going to hit the crap out of the ball if I do make contact
0: (laughs) we like that (laughs) yes Caleb bro joining us here in the gap Swing hard in case you hit it. Yeah, that's, that's you know, right. yeah, I'm, I'm with that. It's
2: that simple, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have just clarified the entire sport of softball. <laughs> the other big non-conference event, Kayla, um, Mississippi State is hosting Oklahoma a couple times this weekend. Uh, any chance of something insane <laughs> happening in Starkville?
2: I, I, I don't think so. Like truly, I, I just don't. After I watched what they did to Kentucky, and I would have. Probably said that Kentucky's a better team than Mississippi State going into the season and if that's how they handle business against the Wildcats then I just really can't foresee Mississippi State coming out with anything incredible that being said you never know like they have a bad day which is very few and far between and years seem to be the in-between <laughs> on that for Oklahoma but uh no I think oh oh you should take care of business and I wouldn't be surprised if we see one to two run rules on the weekend because that's pretty typical of what we're seeing out of the Sooners. But I, you guys, this is fun. We're seeing like a pre sec matchup before mm-hmm. like it's the off weekends for Mississippi state and Bama. And we're seeing like future matchups in the sec. So I think that's actually kind of fun.
1: Crazy. That's that, weird. That's going to be when they, the sec is going to be just unbelievable. <laughs> we,
0: we're <laughs> going to get all the primetime slots. Oh my gosh. Sorry to the pack, uh, but the sec does get started the one of the
1: first series talk about auburn and and georgia in athens uh auburn has looked really good for most of the season but their strength schedule is around 200 they haven't played a a very tough non-conference uh georgia has looked really good at times and it has some some pretty puzzling losses uh how do you see the series between auburn and georgia playing out
2: i think it's going to be a great test for both of them because Auburn's coming in with like the number four ERA in the country. They're first in strikes to walkout race, strikeout to walk out, strike out to walk ratio. Whew. Um, but they haven't played anybody of of note yet offensively. And Georgia's gonna be their first test. I think Maddie Penta is an incredible pitcher, but she's gonna have to go face a really tough one through nine, which she hasn't done yet this season. And I think on the other side of things, Georgia has five losses. And I wouldn't have thought that at this point in the season, they started out so strong. They beat UCF. They took care of business against Boise state. I watched them that first weekend. I'm like, dang, this team is good. They're just inconsistent because then they go and they lose against Clemson and standard Stanford. Those are the elite pitchers that they face this season. They lose three games to those teams combined, but then they also drop games to Charlotte and Stetson. So it's just, you don't really know what Georgia team that you're going to get, but I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for one of those teams to show um, who they really are. And I think um, I'm going to give the upper hand to Georgia just because they have played that tougher schedule and they have seen more high quality pitching. Uh, that being said, that's kind of the beauty of when you play a weak schedule, you don't really know how good you good you are either. You know, you could say, you don't really know how bad you are. You don't really know how good you are. So that could be um, in Auburn's favor, but I think I would give the nod to Georgia two out of three games. On that weekend series,
0: it is a little puzzling, though, isn't it? That the, all those games you just mentioned for Georgia, the losses, they haven't been able to score. And typically, the last few years, when I look at Georgia and I see losses, I see shootouts, I see games where they get outscored eleven to eight or ten to seven, yeah. something like that. This year, there have just been outings where the offense has disappeared. And even in some of the wins, there was a one nothing Ball State win this weekend. Georgia should be scoring way more than that.
2: I completely agree. And it's funny because you watch them and I think they're a team and they kind of fall into the camp where they have a similar hitting philosophy. All of their swings start to look similar after time and after spending enough time through that program because um, Coach Tony Baldwin, he's got a really strong hitting philosophy. And so that follows uh, the path of all the players. So that being said, what happens, I think, is when you find holes, you kind of find holes amongst a lot of the team. And then I also think they're an offense that feeds off of that energy and feeds off of momentum and they're streaky for that reason. Like if they're going to go hit four home runs in a game and then they're going to go hit zero the next game, just because they feed off of each other, really contagious type hitting team, but also slumping for George's contagious. So I think that's where I've seen the inconsistencies come from the offense.
0: You are going to be on the call for a Battle of the Enigmas in Columbia, Missouri. It is Missouri hosting Kentucky. Who oh boy, Kentucky's pitching. We have had the question for years now of who's pitching? Yes, and... The answer was none of them really successfully. I will say they gave it a shot. They did pitch, but uh, wow. They threw pitches. Yes. And then Missouri is just continually doing everything they can to stay out of my top 25 ballot each weekend. It's like, oh, I'm ready to put them in. Wait, they just got walked off by Tulsa. Wait, they just lost this game. How How do you even prepare for a series like this when truly anything can happen?
2: Yeah, well... Not to mention, so I don't know, like, again, scheduling happens so far in advance, but like Kentucky to go on the road to Norman and Missouri to go play Tulsa, but also Oklahoma state and they face Kelly Maxwell. Like that's a confidence suck right before SEC play (laughs) for both of those teams. Like you're going to go face Alex DiRocco and you're going to go face Kelly Maxwell and Jordy ball. Like good luck to you guys that weekend. Like that's so tough. And, And again, I know scheduling happens way in advance. So it's not like the team's fault or whatever, but it's it's a tough go, and uh, I have that game. I'm calling that series this weekend, so I was kind of thinking about that as I'm prepping, and it's like, for Missouri, they had some really bright spots against Kelly Maxwell. They had a home run from Alex Honnold. Like They looked good in some areas. Um, Lauren Crane's pitched decent for four innings and then uh, didn't make it the full game. Kentucky, though, Man, that's a game. I think you just got to put that in the rearview mirror and just let it go. Like, I, I don't even really think you need to go back and analyze it too much. I don't think you really need to think about that game. You just got to let it go and get that fresh start in SEC play. Um, and the other hard part for the Kentucky pitching staff, you kind of mentioned them. Again, I'm, I'm doing prep for this week and I'm rewatching the Oklahoma game. And there were some pitches that weren't bad pitches that Oklahoma just hits. And that's what's hard is like, Haley Lee hit like an off-speed pitch. It was almost in the other batter's box and she just laced it to the opposite field gap. Like there's nothing you can do that. You just have to tip your cap. Uh, Jada Coleman hit a home run. That was like a horrible pitch in the other batter's box. Same thing. Like somehow she's like off balance. She's off in front on her front foot, finds a way to hit the ball and it goes out of the park. And it's like, you can't do anything. Like those aren't good pitches. It's not like you threw a pitch right over the heart of the plate that they tattooed so that's what I mean like you just sometimes gotta let those games go because you just faced a superior opponent unfortunately but um looking looking forward to this weekend I think you know like you mentioned I think both of these teams need to give you a reason to feel confident in them and SEC play is the time to start that it's a three-game series it's a little bit of a chess match that three games who's going to be in your pitching rotation who are you going to set your lineup as and that's going to look pretty similar throughout the rest of the year now. We're kind of past that preseason you're playing with your lineup. So I think it's going to be a good opportunity for both of those teams to show something on why they deserve to be maybe in the uh, upper half of the SEC rather than the lower half where they're sitting right now based on their records and their ERAs and their batting averages.
1: Texas A&M starts out at Arkansas and when we were looking at this at the beginning of the year that'd be one well this could is a there, there's not many sweep opportunities, but this might be one for Arkansas. But Texas a has been much better than what we thought they're going to be, a top 25 team. Arkansas has had some struggles. Um, what is What do you think the key is uh, for the Aggies going into Fayetteville in this three-game series?
2: Yeah, I think the Aggies have been so much improved in the circle, and I think Trisha Ford's a huge reason for that. She brings like an intensity and um, a – discipline that the Aggies didn't have last season in the circle so I think for them they're going up against a really quality Arkansas offense but not a a strong of an offense as we saw from Arkansas last year like you take out some of the big time power numbers that you got from that team um, that you lost you're gonna have an opportunity to shut down or limit Arkansas from a power perspective more this year than previous years so I actually think that the Aggies have a great chance of going and taking one maybe two from the razorbacks and again it starts in the circle i really like what trisha ford has done with that program she's limiting the free patch passes which plagued them a lot last year and the other thing that um, i loved, we got to talk to trisha ford before clearwater and one of the biggest problems for the aggies last season was those last second losses like those last inning walk off wins you choke the lead away and she is very adamant. Like, no, we're getting that out of our head. Like, that is not who we are. We're moving on. And so, I think she's really changing the identity of this Texas A&M team to be better equipped to compete against teams like the Razorbacks.
0: There's another series I want to talk about featuring apparently the best pitching staff in the world. No Ole one Miss, else is allowed to be good. I apparently. Ole Miss at Tennessee. Um, this is a Tennessee team that it is playing really well. There's a reason I picked them to win the SEC in the preseason. Ole Miss just had one of the worst Sundays I've seen for an SEC team in a long time, losing to Mount St. Mary's, losing to SEMO, scoring one run combined in those two games. What has to happen for the Rebels to get through whatever fog they're in and find a way to steal a game and maybe win the series?
2: Uh, it's it's a slim chance to none chance in my opinion. Like, I just look at this Ole Miss team and they just don't really have enough that stands out from a production standpoint. I mean, right now they're last in the SEC in batting average, 288. They've only scored 95 runs this season. To put that in perspective, like Auburn scored 178 runs. Like that's a huge disc- discrepancy in run production. So when you're not finding ways to produce runs, like I just don't see how you're going to go up against the number one pitching staff in the country the number one pitching staff in the country right now and expect to get wins. So uh, Tennessee just looks so dominant. And when you have a freshman like Carlin Pickens, it's pitching as well as she has. And obviously she's the SEC freshman of the week. I just think that uh, if they can't get on base, if they can't produce runs, they're going to really struggle against the team too. Offensively, Tennessee can score um, players like Kiki Malloy, McKenzie Donahue. So I think they're going to struggle.
0: I I couldn't help but laugh when you said the run number that is double. Wow, that's yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, I, it, it's yeah. crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like you gotta figure out ways to score runs and right now they just can't.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> Miss,
2: that top of a schedule. You no.
1: Know, I mean, I mean Ole Miss has had a tougher schedule than Auburn has, but not, sure. not by that much. Uh but and then also I wonder if this is a little bit maybe of an indictment of don't go to Mexico for two weeks you know that I because then um, that's that's a long time yeah uh to, did they
2: stay in Mexico that whole time
1: I I would assume so that would be a lot if they wow. came back and then went yeah. back That's
2: true. Cool. Um, cool.
1: so I mean that's because that's just it's a lot of travel a lot of time to be away and just uh, and a
0: lot of time not practicing at home right. as well I'm sure yeah. they're practicing in Mexico yeah but I don't know so, what that's like right never been to Puerto Vallarta which I think is a great transition we're talking about travel, bro. You knew this question was coming. So on the seven innings podcast, you were talking about when you were playing at Alabama, you were very good. You're on the wall. Uh, they did the return trip for you out to Oregon and you gave like a little Notes version of that journey odyssey, if you will.
2: Yeah it's time to tell the whole
0: story things did not go smoothly i've heard this
1: story as well so like let us know let us know everybody
2: this is like notorious it's like the worst trip of all time everybody's like oh bro's home trip like it was it was tough um so we're playing an sec series at kentucky and for spring break we had a weekend off an sec play we were going to go to oregon we're going to play oregon and portland state when we're in kentucky um we somebody uh gets an illness so there's a flu that's kind of making its way through the team through this whole period of time and it's it's not a happy flu it's a really rough stomach flu and like to the point where like Amanda Locke even wasn't even playing like that's how bad it was like it would just go after like a couple people at a time like I think Allie who is never sick ever. It like, didn't get to like coach a game, which is insane. Um, anyway, so it started with that. So some people got sick in Kentucky. We tried to fly out of Kentucky that night after the three game series. And we got stuck at the Kentucky airport for like eight hours. And so we're like playing four square. We're like killing time. We finally make it out of Kentucky the next morning. And we fly to Dallas or in the middle of the night, something, something weird, whatever, when the weather was better. We make it to Dallas or Houston, one of the Texas airports. And um, we spend the night there and half the team flies out in the afternoon. The other half flies out that morning. So we were on two different paths. So half the team was going, we get to Portland. We're like waiting around for a few hours. We go eat at like a red Robin um, again, People are just being attacked by this flu. So it's like 24 hours, two people are out. We're quarantining again, like stay away from those people. They're sick. Um, We make it to Portland, all of us, both legs of our travel group. And we land, like the second plane landed about two in the morning and we're driving to Eugene, which is about a two hour drive. It's March. So it's icy and snowing and this sounds this
1: sounds so so terrible awful oh my god
2: the bus driver can't see it's so foggy so i'm up there with murph trying to get directions because he can't see the signs and i'm like trying to guide us into our hotel in eugene um it's snowing when we're in eugene by some miracle um we barely are able to play that afternoon like it For like two hours, I swear, it was snowing in the morning. Like we got a stretch of sun, the snow melted. We played our game. It was freezing. It was cold, but no rain, no snow. Played in Oregon. We won. Jackie Trina, thanks a lot. Um, We won. We beat Oregon. It was just like a top 10 team at the time. Uh, Really good battle. And we that next day, we were driving up to Portland to go play Portland State. We were playing on a turf field it's pouring and they're like, we're going to get this game in. We're here. So it's raining We're on turf so you can play, but like, it's a, it's a kind of a nightmare. Like one of the batters for Portland state had a bat in her hand and Danielle Richard was playing third base and she like threw the bat and almost like took off Danielle's head. Cause it was like, so wet. She like threw the bat. Um, so we ended up like at that point, the umpires were, umpires were like, uh, we're done. Like we're getting out of here. Like this is over. Um, so then like, we played a game and a half. Basically, we flew all the way out to Oregon. We were there for like way less time than we thought. Um, we did get to go to dinner at my parents' house, which was really cool and fun. But that was like the highlight. And probably five out of the members of the team were sick and <laughs> didn't really enjoy as much as they could. Um, but then we uh, made it home safely. The home trip, like the trip back to Tuscaloosa, was a lot better than the trip there. And to this day, my teammates will still give me crap about the trip from hell and how horrible it was. But it was also kind of funny because they talk about when we won the national championship, it was obviously like the rain, the dance in the rain. And I remember being in the dugout against Oklahoma and they were like, Hey, this isn't as bad as the Oregon trip. Like, Hey, if this rain, is, this rain is nothing compared to the Portland state game where somebody was took off little Dan's head. So um, it, it made us better. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> Just, just gives me anxiety sweats. Yeah. Just, just yeah. listening to that.
0: That yeah. whole oh. soliloquy. No, just it just mentally prepared me for whatever's gonna happen this week yes. as Alabama tries to avoid whatever natural or environmental or weather disaster could strike when you have Texas on the schedule. Yeah, who knows?
1: God, I just, I just hope we don't make it to Mississippi and they say turn around, it's canceled <laughs> again.
0: <laughs> Done that before. Yes. Oh man. Okay. Kayla bro is joining us. We have one more thing to get to, bro, and I'm going to get ready for it. We have a question to ask you. And I'm actually putting on props this time. Ooh. So Kayla, what's good, bra?
2: What's good, bra? <laughs> okay, so I thought about this. Um, I have a, a couple what's good bras, bras, um, bruh, <laughs> bra, whatever. Bruh. Bruh. um, number one um, my daughter who's a year and a half we were watching softball the other day and I have like a tea like a baby like the Fisher-Price baby tea and bat in my living room it's always there like obviously mm. and the other day she was like hit I was like yes we can go it <laughs> so that was my personal what's good my daughter who's a year and a half was like hit tea I was like yes hit tea as, um, i thought I, you
0: were about to say that she had identified the illegal pitch rule or something
2: like that no we're not that advanced yet but she, she'll she get there um we At, only want to stop on her house basically 24 right. 7 this time of year so she's like yeah she's i
0: was it. just i was just
1: wondering is has murph already offered her yet
2: he is, should she's in, <laughs> she swung and she like made contact but she didn't swing hard she's like no i'm gonna hit the ball which was well there you go yeah. not to me because i was precise right mindset right, though
1: right exactly yeah
2: yeah Uh, I'm really excited. Like I love SECs in from when I was a player versus even now as a commentator, there's just something different about conference play. It elevates everybody's level of, um, on the field action. And it's so fun. Like it's the best you're going against rivals. It's top 25 opponents week after week. It's a grind. You really got to like be gutsy to win those series. And it shows you a lot about these teams. And so I think Uh, This is the turning point. So I'm like really excited about that. That's what's good. And then in the softball world, I wanted to say this. What's good about the softball world right now? Kenley Kahalen is good for all of the Alabama softball fans out there. Like as a leadoff hitter for the University of Alabama for four years, like I watched that kid play and it gives me like hope in the future of Alabama softball because she understands what it takes, number one, to be a leadoff hitter, but she's a gamer, right? She understands the mental side of it. She looks like she's going to go have good hacks at the plate. I just get excited when I watch her swing the bat and she might not necessarily look like a Haley McClenney or me, like as a triple threat slapper or uh, an Alyssa Brown, but she brings her own talent and her own uniqueness. to that leadoff spot, I'm really excited to see what she does for the four years. And I could see her being a really good three hole hitter too. So Future's looking bright if Kenley Kahalen's in the lineup because girl can play. I just want to give some reassurance on that as a former Alabama leadoff hitter that there is a good Alabama leadoff hitter right now in the lineup.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I concur. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yes. Kenley Kahalen is definitely what's good. It's quite good. Yes, yes. as is Caleb Bro, the wonderful Caleb Bro, who you can hear this weekend calling Saturday, Sunday, right, for Missouri, Kentucky. Yes. And then the new episode of the seven innings podcast should be dropping tomorrow.
2: Uh, we'll, we'll tape tomorrow should drop on Wednesday.
0: Yep. drop on Wednesday. See, keep him busy. Yep. Making sure that Dylan is good, teaching mm. her proper technique.
2: I was just glad you guys didn't ask me to come on for trivia because I was a little, you guys stumped some people on there.
0: Madison's been talking to you too, huh? Oh no. Yeah. She
2: has. And I was a little disappointed that she missed my question. My trivia question. Come mm. on, Maddie.
1: <laughs> the only one i got right was montana fouts so i, That's I know, it was rough it's always a all game the way game, around so. i will yes
0: <laughs> this pitcher montana fouts yes. is the answer <laughs> bro thank you so much for hopping on with us
2: anytime anytime
0: so that was caleb bro. i miss dylan not yeah. gonna lie Well yeah that makes that you know like a just an A interview. If Dylan had popped up, A plus. Sure. If Dylan starts climbing on the equipment, A plus <laughs> plus. Or gets a or slaps a base hit in yes. the, the middle of the middle interview. Hit. Yes. Yes. That's correct. In Enjoy. fact, it, yes. Dylan should be the official scorer. <laughs> Just do the thumb Everything, up or down. Everything's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Bro for joining us. Always fun. We will have her back again at some point this year. Tom, it is time to head home. Patrick Murphy. After somebody Mm. hit it, I don't care who it is, is sending us around third and imploring us to score. Even if we're tagging up from second, just go ahead, go ahead and score. Lee Kahalen is like, thanks for the RBI. Yes. (laughs) That was not what I thought was going to happen when I lobbed it out the center. That'll help the batting (laughs) average. Yes. When we come back, five big things from the SEC last weekend, plus what is ahead in week five. Conference season is beginning in the Southeastern Conference. Also, picks and off the wall, it's all happening now when we come back here on the Out of the Box podcast.
1: Before history is written...
2: Bobby Orr, behind the,
0: back it's time to head home no idea if this episode is actually shorter than normal but smaller segments yeah or i guess fewer segments they're probably longer it's fine gray robertson tom canterbury five big things from the sec after week four i picked what i thought were the five most intriguing storylines we start with auburn being surprised by south alabama wow i don't know what that feels like Uh, who among us has not been shut down by Mm. olivia lackey uh, still a zero ERA for Matty Penta, 57 innings, no earned runs. Impressive regardless of competition. Yep. Team ERA of one, that's second in the league. Team batting average 349, that is third. As we talked about though, Auburn strength of schedule is very near the 200 mark as we record here today based on the metrics that have just been released. So what does it mean? We'll find out. Honestly, you know, this weekend against Georgia. Because I, it's very tough to evaluate a team when they haven't played very many other good teams. Yeah, I mean, Georgia is
1: going to be the best offense they've played. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what they're able to do against them. Um, I mean, strength of schedule is not the be-all, end-all. Like, if, if Oklahoma had the 200th strength of schedule in the country, we'd still think they're probably the number one team because they, they have the talent. <laughs> and um, we've been there before. Right, yes. Uh, So, you know we'll see. I think they've, they performed and played, you know, the teams that they've played and they've, you know, handled their business for the most part. There's a couple of losses in there, including the one to South Alabama, like you talked about, but um, I think they've put themselves in a really good spot. I mean, they, they should be really confident. Uh, we'll see how they do uh, once they go into conference play here this weekend. Speaking
0: of Georgia stunned by Stetson shout out, Lauren Hobbs. Eh, I mean, I'm having a lot of, conflicting feelings about Georgia team ERA is ninth in the league their number three pitcher right now is Kylie Macy who has thrown a grand total of 14 and a third inning so right now to Shelby Walters and Madison Kerpix those are the two they don't really trust anybody else they're getting good production from the offense you've got four players with 20 plus RBIs but again I think on the flip side for Georgia um, after this week where there were some struggle wins there was a loss to Stetson. This Auburn game and this Auburn series will be a true test to see where they stack up.
1: Yeah, because it's been interesting. Like you talked with Bro, that you know th- some of the games that Georgia has lost, it's not been the pitching; it's been the offense that has disappeared. You know they can't have games like that. They have to be able to put up those runs and uh, and support the pitchers. So and they're going to do it against a team that has pitched as well as anybody. So it, it's going to be a, an interesting uh, test for both teams.
0: Speaking of pitching, who? <laughs> <laughs> no. oh. Yikes. yikes mm. Kentucky yeah boat raced by Oklahoma twice they didn't get run rolled the second time that's true but it was very
1: close but 18 18 nil yeah in, in the first one rough go
0: which by the way shout out to the guy on Twitter after d1's top 25 came out that said how do you lose by 18 and go up and i responded are you talking about kentucky and i don't know if he's responded yet but if that's true um they didn't they dropped so good use of math sir from 14 to 17 that is not that's that's not increasing yeah so so now we got off the wall not just from alabama but from people coming at you on d1 too so oh this is fun i know The team ERA is 325. Now, it's going to go up when you play Oklahoma naturally, but, I mean, these numbers were a lot smaller a week ago, two weeks ago, and no matter who you're playing, they shouldn't raise up this much. Schoonover got wrecked. Locatena gave up a bunch of runs. Izzy Harrison has an ERA over six. That didn't all come from this weekend. Kennedy Sullivan is kind of becoming the, oh, no, this game's out of reach. Like, go clean up the mess pitcher. Sloan Gahan is getting shelled. And, you know, you can get away with it if your team batting average is better. But right now it's at 308, which is 10th in the league. That was already something we were talking about before this weekend. This is a Kentucky team that I feel like is in a precarious situation and needs to make a statement this weekend against Missouri.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be a – it's a tough call to make because – Missouri's been so over the over all over the place too, right? Uh, So, but if at all possible, Kentucky needs to make that statement because we kind of knew that their pitching the pitching is what it is. Who's pitching is a thing, and but we thought you know, Scoonover. I still think more often than not, Scoonover and or Lockatina is going to be able to put a good start together for you, right? Uh, But that batting average needs to go up. the The their strength is at the plate. I and mean, Kayla Kowalik, the, you know the, this. The, this is you know what they're able to do. They should be able to win game seven to five if that's the if that's what it is. Right. Um, but that's that that's the struggle right now for Kentucky.
0: Very befuddling, mm-hmm. and this is a Kentucky team that I like. I and do. Too. I, I like it more than you do. That's true. And I, you know, I just need to see more. Yeah. And we're at conference place, so now's the time. Now, now would be the time.
1: This would be the window.
0: Yes. Just a horrible Sunday for Ole Miss. We talked about it with Bro. Couldn't be worse. They get shut out by SEMO. You know, decent team out of the OBC. Yeah. Mount St. Mary's defeats Ole Miss 4-1. And I actually have some scoring questions that maybe we can talk about later. I was tracking that game. There were some runs that were counted as unearned for Mount St. Mary's that I think you could argue should have been earned, but that is a different story. What's going on? Well, the team batting average is last as Bro mentioned, 288. The team ERA is sixth, which is fine, but they're kind of in that clumped middle. They have struck out 90 times as a team compared to 49 walks. That is obscene. And nobody's really popping off, batting average-wise. Maya Stevenson, you know, 316, that's fine. Michaela Alley is hitting 404, but I'm trying to figure out if I can trust that because typically she's been a 250, 260 hitter. Yeah. It's not looking good, and Ole Miss has a chance to prove us all wrong against Tennessee this weekend, but right now it, this looks like a team that is just going to struggle in conference yeah. play. If you're
1: a struggling offense, the last thing you need to do is go in against a team that's pitching as well as Tennessee. Oh, is. my gosh, the greatest pitching staff in
0: the world. Oh, my
1: gosh. No one else is allowed to be good. Wow. Yeah. I am stunned. <laughs> but that being said, they are really good. They are very that's good. So, And they are pitching outstanding and they'll probably get nothing more than more confident after this weekend because uh, I'm kind of with bro. I, 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 I'm not feeling it for, for the Rebels coming in this weekend. Weird though, right? I but, mean, yeah. a complete
0: 180 from what we thought yeah. in the preseason. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if they win at least one game. That's true. Finally, Texas AM shut out by Sam Houston. Then Emily Kennedy, there's a no-hitter against Baylor, might have won SEC Pitcher of the Week if not for, you know, a certain people's queen and then AM loses to Baylor and extras. So a, a topsy-turvy weekend. Uh, Julia Cottrell was out. Unclear if she will play this weekend in their conference opener. Team batting average has fallen to 11th. Team ERA at 3rd AM still plugging along. Yeah. Uh, still, I
1: think it, you are in a positive spot if you're Trisha Ford and you're the Aggies. You know, I think kind of the loss to, to Sam Houston, not that troubling overall because it it might've been the same situation like Alabama's where you know they they tried a different lineup and it just didn't work right uh so there I I don't think you're that worried about it because you did turn right around and then beat a really good Baylor team and then took them to extras again so uh,
0: I think you're in a good spot and feeling good about yourself for your am. all right here's what's coming up these are the non-SEC play games what to watch Wednesday, I guess the big one there is UCF at Florida. UCF's got to start winning games, so Yeah. They're just
1: not right they're, now. They're right in them. Yes. But then not winning them.
0: They've been walked off five times this year. Yeah. That is just
1: rude. We, we saw two of them. Yes, we did.
0: Water. Thursday, Stanford at Wichita State. Some intrigue there. Good test for Wichita to see if their pitching can hold up. All right. Let's pick a game each day. Tom, please. Friday. Starting on Friday. I, I, let's see, I, I am always interested
1: when Arizona and Arizona State play in anything. So True. I think that's, that is an interesting start to Pac-12 play for both those teams, an Arizona team that um, has had some good wins and has had some people kind of rate them a little bit, maybe even higher than what we think they should be. And then Arizona State has had their struggles, but it's in
0: Tempe. We'll see what they're able to do. How can I not underline and star... Florida State at Oklahoma State. They will play three this weekend. My gosh. Buckle up, America. This is a really good test for Oklahoma State. And Florida State, you know, they've been kind of messing around a little bit. I actually see a lot of similarities between Florida State and Alabama this year. And this is a really great chance for the Seminoles to make a statement. Saturday? Well, Samantha Ricketts is
1: hosting the Oklahoma Sooners. (laughs) uh I I don't expect anything positive to happen for Mississippi State. But?
0: But what if it does? Who I, I mean, we have seen... Crazier things have happened. We have seen... Not a whole lot crazier. SEC teams that we thought were kind of meh beat Oklahoma before. Right. Just saying.
1: Maybe Oklahoma
0: overlooks the Bulldogs, spends too much time at the Little Deweys. I mean, again, who among us? Who among us hasn't? <laughs> Many of us have tried... uh i'll go louisiana at florida you know cajuns just got swept by texas they're they're just kind of looking for a marquee win at this point Mm -hmm. florida i you know i still don't know if i'm buying or selling so an interesting test case i think for florida and for jerry glasgow and the cajuns finally sunday uh well we're gonna
1: see Texas State play Texas I assume that's after Alabama and Wisconsin because Alabama Wisconsin is at the crack of dawn. Uh <laughs> this is not but, slated
0: for six a.m. No. Yes okay uh
1: but I think that it'll be interested where both those teams are in relation to how they've done the previous games in that tournament uh is that a game where Texas State is just trying to you know find find a win. Uh, is Texas trying to, you know, finish off either a great weekend or trying to salvage, a, a, you know, a respectable weekend? I'm going to be interested to see what the storyline is for that matchup when it happens on Sunday.
0: I'll go with Game 3 of UCLA at Cal. We have seen Cal pull off some upsets in the past, I think last year when they got the wins over Washington, where, you know, that they aren't given a lot of credit and they host these tournaments and they find a way to win uh, some conference series. In the Pac-12, uh, I think that Cal is a, a team that could pop up in some polls if they have a respectable weekend. They're very close to being on my ballot this week for the top 25 on D1SawPaul.com. What a website! So, <laughs> you know who's probably going to be a huge Cal—not
1: usually, but they are going to be this weekend—a big Cal fan. Who Stanford? That's uh, true. You know the Cardinals. The Cardinal have to be looking for any chance. For UCLA to drop a game or two. Let's get some cheap yeah. L's. Yeah, get some L's in there for us.
0: But not not usual for Stanford fans to be cheering on the Bears. That's everything else outside the SEC. It's time for picks. Here's why I'm going first. I won last year. The regular season. <sighs> right. And then the SEC tournament, we both didn't give a crap. Yeah, And then the NCAA tournament, we... Slowly grew to not give a crap. We were very excited and then yes. lost our zeal. Did the picks and I was like, I don't want to go back and listen don't want to even... after that. So, yeah. so I am the defending champ after Tom has won the regular season every other time we've ever done this. Mm-hmm. So I went the way of my taco hot sauce predictions basically Yeah, this past year because they have not been good. No, they have not. <laughs> I, I agree. Thank you. So here we go. We have to, if you're if you're new here, we have to pick the winner of the series and the number of games. to one sweep, blah, blah, blah. And we
1: have All to right. get everything right for it to be counted as a correct. Correct.
0: That's why it's hard to win. Yes. We begin with Ole Miss at Tennessee. You know, again, if you're new here, there are some series where we're like, I'm not going to lose a point on that. I'm not going to lose a point on Ole Miss. I'm taking Tennessee in a sweep. It's the safe bet if Ole Miss is able to win a game – That's phenomenal for everybody else in the conference. I don't see it right now. Uh, I would love to be proven wrong, but as I write it down in Sharpie, I'm taking Tennessee 3-0.
1: Yeah, I'll be fine with missing this one, but I'm going to agree with you and go with Tennessee in a sweep. Uh, Just as well as their pitching and as poorly as Ole Miss is playing right now, it is not setting up well for Ole Miss.
0: No. Auburn at Georgia. I feel fairly confident both teams will win a game. I'm just trying to figure out who is going to win that third game. And I think I'm going to go with Georgia because as good as Maddie Penta has been this year and throughout her career, I'm not sure I have seen the evidence that I need to prove that she can beat a team twice. Uh, and the rest of the pitching staff for Auburn has been really, really good, but not super tested because they're throwing Penta out there against all the teams With a pulse. Sure. So I think I'm going to side with Georgia at home. Barely. This is a great series, and I'm very excited to watch it. No idea how it'll play out. I'm taking the dogs 2-1.
1: I'm also going to say 2-1, but I'm going to say Auburn. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't played many people, but they've been really, really good with what they have played. I think you're kind of seeing, seeing from Auburn offensively what we saw last year before the injury started really piling up. Uh, and then they're getting an elevated pitching performance yeah. so far. Um, I think they've probably heard everybody say they ain't played nobody, Paul. So I think they're gonna. I think they probably have a chip on their shoulder about that going in going into Georgia. Uh, Georgia's been a little bit too much up and down for me, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Auburn wins a series two-one.
0: Is Auburn going to the last resort? I hope so. You you best believe <laughs> that. If you send us a DM mm-hmm. and say, because I've gotten DMs, like, hey, wh- where do I go in Athens? Say last resort. 100%. I hope that whoever the Auburn Director of Ops is put that on the itinerary.
1: Order the cheesecake when you sit down.
0: Yes. Order it now, You're
1: right. honestly. Call
0: ahead. Call now. Yes. <laughs> Kentucky and Missouri, for the <laughs> yes. love of God. I mean, how do you pick this? I don't uh... know. Do you first? have a coin? <laughs> I do not. No, oh, I'm great. Okay. Yeah, I am I mean, when in doubt, take the home team. I'm going to go Missouri 2-1. But, I mean, we've seen when these teams have battled. I think of a couple years ago when Kentucky was 6-0 in conference play and playing Missouri at home. Missouri went in and swept them. Like, this series has typically been pretty unpredictable. But... I, no. I honestly can't rationalize any selection, so I'm just going to play it safe. Yeah, I'm going to be right along with you.
1: I'll take Missouri 2-1, but I really think anything is possible.
0: A Kentucky sweep could happen. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. everything is on the table. Is that the same for LSU at South Carolina? No. I think everything. Yeah, everything's not on the table. I am taking a LSU. A couple things are on the table. Oh, I'm taking LSU in a sweep and then stepping aside. I think South Carolina gets a game. Wow. Okay.
1: I mean, at home, uh, LSU's obviously playing really, really well, but
0: South Carolina has taken care of their business. That's true. You know they You know, minus running into the juggernaut that is Lauren Hobbs. Sure. I mean, who among us hasn't lost? Everyone. Right. Bow down <laughs> to Lauren Hobbs. Hobbs. SEC teams don't play that No.
1: Hobbs, he came in and got him. but um, you know they've proven. I think. Again, not the stiffest of competitions overall, but, you know, they've proven that they can pitch a little bit. And I think at home that they're going to do it enough in one of those games to win one. All right. Yeah,
0: I'm not, I mean, I'm not. I'm taking LSU because of the Feeling pitcher. great with it, but. And yeah. I think Taylor Pleasant's by herself can beat South Carolina three times. Might have to. Maybe. Texas a and at Arkansas. This is our last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, You asked me a month ago. I'm taking Arkansas on a sweep. But as it stands right now, I'm going to take Arkansas 2-1. I realize I've taken the, the home team in every series except for LSU at South Carolina, but, you know, we've made our thoughts clear about how that'll go. You sure? I think a is going to find a way to get a game. Emily Kennedy is pitching really well. The key here for AM is their defense. They have had issues with errors in the big games against the ranked teams. They're giving up a lot of unearned runs against UCLA, against Oklahoma. Those have been problems. If they can play clean defense, a can win this series. Because I still don't really trust Arkansas yet. They have not shown me or really given me a reason to say they're fine. Uh, I still think there are concerns. But I can't trust A&M to have an errorless weekend on the road in right. Fayetteville. So I'm taking the Hogs 2-1. I think that if this was in
1: College Station, I would be very, very tempted to pick A&M to win the series.
0: It'd be on the table for sure.
1: Right. Uh, but I think with it being in Fayetteville, I'm going to go Arkansas 2-1 as well. Uh, but I think a and I feel pretty confident a is going to win one game.
0: Yes, I agree. If it's an Arkansas sweep... We're going to have to reevaluate next week.
1: Right. Which, I mean, that's kind of where we thought Arkansas was going to be. It was going to be, you know, kind of, you know, a few weeks into the season, maybe even into the conference slate before we kind of knew what they were because they were such a young team. They were playing a, a good non-conference schedule. So they got some wins, but they got some losses with it. Now they have the opportunity to kind of solidify and show who they are here with all the new players that they have. Speaking of
0: showing who they are. <laughs> Play the drop. It's time for Off the Wall. Stop complaining when we win. You know, differentiating between facts and opinions, people. I've seen enough to know that I've seen too much. The conspiracy heard round the Facebook.
1: Get your tinfoil hats out. Let people enjoy things. First off, red pen, please. Please. I can't believe we're talking about it. It's so asinine it's like I, I, I had a thesaurus out looking up ways to
0: describe dumbassery don't send novels to the coaching staff
1: Parsicle absolutely ridiculous
0: so we're going to start with some fan mail before we dive into the Twitter thing I didn't know we were doing a, a mailbag this week well no. no no because I didn't ask for this. So multiple times over the last couple years I get an email after I do TV on SC Network Plus and the context and message has been the same for all these emails. From the same person? From the same person. Okay. I'm not going to say who it is. No. no. But I have his email. I could email him back. I will not. No. I got another one uh, most recently on February 25th. My sister's birthday. Ah. Yes why are you neutral when you call games on sec plus you don't need to be neutral you work for the university so don't pull for both teams because when you do the games on the radio you're spelled incorrectly never neutral all right so a couple points here one why am i neutral on sec network plus because That is what you do on television. Because it's not the Crimson Tide Network. Exactly. I am tasked with delivering the game and telling the story of the game to both audiences. Because both the opposing fans and the Alabama fans are watching and you are not catering favor to either. Do I sometimes wear an SEC blazer? Yeah, because it's awesome. But that does not mean my on-air, I guess, persona, is favoring one side or the other. I'm telling the story like it is, I'm telling the game like it is, that's the job. Right. Another point, TV and radio, very different. Because on the radio, I am working for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Exactly. Which is affiliated with the University of Alabama. We we are telling the story to the Alabama fans. Correct. And I have always said on radio, the way I view it, I'm like sixty-five, thirty-five. Like, I'm going to be honest, but I want people to know that we are with Alabama. Right. When our radio stream is used on SEC Network Plus, I feel it is very important to make sure that the opposing team's lines are colored in. Because I don't know how often Southeastern Louisiana is going to be on TV. I don't know how often... You know, some of these squads are going to be shown to the nation. So I want to make sure that when I do the research and I have the facts and I have the stories yeah. that we are able to talk about them and and present them correctly. Indiana State, we told a story about a, a young lady who passed away. His sister's on the team is, I think, really important that we talked about that uh, because it's a story that people should be aware of. And this was the day I got this email. I hope to God that this isn't what this person was talking about, because Wait. I'm glad we had that moment on the air, which I think we would, even if we weren't on the stream, we would
1: have discussed that. Yeah. Because if nothing else, it's a, you know, storyline going into the game. But also, it's, you know, kind of the decent thing to do to acknowledge. I mean, the team was wearing, all the teams that weekend were wearing pink ribbons, you know, in support of the Indiana State team and the the NSA player. Uh, So I I don't think it's at all non, you know, Out of the realm or indecent to discuss that right you know and even more so if
0: we're on the actual stream exactly finally you work for the university no i don't tom Mm. do you work for the university of alabama i do not okay explain to the people who we work for
1: we work for uh learfield which if you listen to the disclaimer that i read every game at the end uh we are approved by the University of Alabama they like us so yes but our actual paycheck does not come from the University of Alabama
0: correct it's got the the beautiful little Learfield insignia
1: correct now are are we going to give you the Alabama slant on things absolutely sure because we do work for the Crimson Tide Sports Network yes but it's there's there is a differential there everybody works together yeah and it's you know it's all kind of under the same umbrella but to say that i work for alabama is incorrect
0: yeah we do not work for the university because if we did the perks would be way more numerous <laughs> than they are right now i would think so but we, we get good stuff sure absolutely not, complaining, not universities in no
1: way complaining about it but no. yes it there it is like i've had people even you know on twitter say that i'm representing alabama which i'm not <laughs> it's actually in the twitter bio that I, that i have that my thoughts
0: uh, opinions are my own and yes do not represent the university of alabama so uh, we don't work for the university no. so if that guy is listening please stop sending me emails He's not listening. there is your answer yeah, but yeah. I, and it's so weird i get them maybe after... clip this off and just re- and respond to
1: the email okay i can do
0: that <laughs> women's basketball volleyball soccer softball like any sport that i call at some point after i do one of those games i get an email from this guy i hope i just properly explained our jobs does this guy have an action figure as his Twitter? maybe? Holy sh! Can Tom? I don't. I'm not even going to address it. Uh, I-, I will just say lol. And uh, boy, you really ran out of stuff to talk about, didn't you, my guy? I didn't even read it, but somebody sent it to me, and I just got. You just- know who had a great laugh about it? Kaylee Tao. <laughs>
1: no, I was just say I just got a message from Tao, and she is mad. <laughs>
0: That's one thing I've always said. Oh, no. Haley Tao, big grudge holder. Definitely hides her feelings. Yeah. She's with you for an entire weekend. (laughs) Like when she brought me breakfast on Sunday. Yeah. She was pissed. Oh, boy.
1: Okay. I'm I'm available for breakfast as well, Tao, next time. (laughs) Just putting that in your ear. Tom, (laughs) we need to
0: talk about the Twitter situation.
1: So Tennessee is just in their feelings about Alabama acknowledging that they had a good day or a good weekend pitching. And I don't understand
0: it. I would just like to say that we can all do well. Yeah. It's okay. Right. They weren't playing each other, so no. We, everybody can you know we're everybody was Tennessee's good. pitching staff doing great. Outstanding. Alabama's week this week, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, there we don't have to pit ourselves against each other. No. There's it, enough of that
1: already. It's, it's, it's not like come.
0: that. Right. In this particular scenario. Not in this
1: scenario, no. I don't know what happened. Like I said, it's not our fault you can't grow corn. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Because the grown the corn don't grow at all on Rocky Top. No, I know. I just, okay, I don't understand why it's killing me so much. I can understand
1: it being frustrating, but learn to grow corn. But like, I <laughs> don't understand. Stop it. <laughs> objectively looking at it, was what Tennessee did to Clemson probably the most impressive thing that happened this week in the circle.
0: That was last week, though, and even right. this week. Yeah. What did they do this week? They There was a perfect game against App State. Uh, they shut out Jacksonville no, no,
1: State. Noted World Series contender, App State.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Jacksonville State, Belmont. Struggled with Jacksonville State, only beat them 2 0. Right. Uh, Belmont, not tremendous. Nice. So, I mean, yeah. end of list. So it was a good week for both teams. Just beat. I don't understand why there's some sort of rivalry all of a sudden. I mean. I mean, outside of what is already not rivalry between Alabama and Tennessee. But, like, this is but such a this week, like weird I, hill. Right. All right. And then there was also the, uh, the comment of, and this was kind of just the general off-the-wall comment. The only one that I really had for this week was people complaining about Alabama celebrating having a good week with the competition that Alabama played. One is, like, Alabama, as we see with the strength of schedule, has a really good strength of schedule they've they're there
0: they have and will play some really good teams right now 21 in the nation that is the best in the SEC right strength of schedule
1: there you go um you know played played at Clearwater playing in at, tennis, at Texas uh this week we had some other bigger names originally slated for mm-hmm. some of these home tournaments and and for one reason or another didn't work out.
0: Yeah, talk uh, to them.
1: Yeah. Um, and sometimes you're kinda of in a spot where you you know, can play who you can play, who's willing to come. Uh so I mean, it's I I just don't understand the thought that Alabama should not be excited about having in some ways a historically good weekend in in the circle, regardless of opponent. And, you know, what did you expect the official Twitter account of the University of Alabama to say, hey, no big deal, we didn't play anybody, but it was a good weekend? I'm not sure what context you're wanting to put in that.
0: Perfect games don't happen very often.
1: There have been eight in Alabama's program history. Seven Uh, solo, three that Montana Faust
0: has been a part of. So that was a big deal. Yeah, I thought it was weird, the whole whole scenario. And, And to... To downplay in particular Longwood, I thought, was a little odd. That's right. a top 100 RPI team. That's something that the committee looks at. Top 100 wins on the team sheets. Yeah. I mean, Longwood might win the Big South this year. They've beaten Florida State this season. Yeah. It's It wasn't some scrub. Uh, and I think also, you know, we have seen weird games all year long. As Montana was throwing that perfect game, Toledo, who got – Swept at the Mardi Gras Mambo, 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 defeated Northwestern. Right. Who would have thought in a world where the sun shines (laughs) and the skies are blue that the Toledo Rockets would beat a very up and down, but I think really good and probably still going to win the Big Ten Northwestern team five to two? Yeah. I never would have expected it.
1: Yeah, so, you know, and coming off of, you know, we all know what happened last week. Right. So, Uh, yeah, it just, it seemed just unnecessary that there was any negative response to Alabama putting out the stats, basically. And Montana Fouts winning the Montana Fouts Pitcher of the Week award for the SEC.
0: That's kind of it. Do you have anything else for off the wall? No, because I, I mean, what can, what can you possibly complain about? God we had nothing there are a couple idiots but i think they're fake i I think they're trolls yeah spam or something there there is an
1: element now where the people that are obviously either playing a shtick or not a real person or a troll or it's becoming pretty obvious
0: i think spam is getting smarter too because i've seen some of the spam people ask is it on tv I'm like, hmm, they're figuring out how to specify their comments to the post. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm. So be careful out there. Don't answer them. If you see somebody with 11,000 letters in his or her first or last name, probably not real.
1: Don't click on those streaming links in the comments. Only click on the ones in the actual post that Alabama puts out. Unless
0: you're an off-the-wall person, then go ahead and click it if you want to. Podcast plan for next week. Well... Hmm. okay so we've got the midweek at north alabama we got saturday sunday monday arkansas so i'm thinking tom aloud as we record mm-hmm. a wednesday recording thursday release or maybe something later in the week because i don't know if y'all have listened to our other episodes we'll have michelle smith and amanda scarborough and kevin brown all in town maybe we do something on the roof i don't know yeah lots I mean, of options it's your roof so i don't That's know well, yeah. we can go on my roof anytime I please. <laughs> so bottom line nothing is in is in stone for next week please stay tuned there will be a bod at some point we just don't know when we, we will, will release yes. a podcast okay
1: is there a chance that we do something in the car either on the way to or from texas
0: possible space okay. stay tuned yes uh, i i do have a surprise for you oh, though yeah. um <laughs> we'll get to that later Okay, thank you to Caleb Bro for joining us. Later, the us. podcast is over. <laughs> we'll talk about it on the air. You're going to love it. Caleb <sighs> Bro, the best. Thank you for joining us. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm gray Robertson. Make sure that you tune in this weekend, Tom. How can they do it listening on the radio? Uh, if you're in Tuscaloosa, over the air,
1: 97.5 FM. Anywhere else, you can go online, nick975.com or the MeTV975 app. And if you go to Rolltide.com. There's always a link to
0: a live audio right there. And follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gray, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. Tom. T Canterbury RTR. At out of the box underscore pod is the show's account. Again, thank you to Caleb bro. Thank you to all of you for enjoying this episode that could be longer than a normal one, but was still really fun to record. We will see you in Austin this weekend. No blankets necessary. Thank God. Thank goodness. We did it. For Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. This has been the Out of the Box Podcast. We'll see you after we get home from our 1,000-mile journey. Have a great week, everybody.
1: And if you're on Rocky Top, learn to grow corn.